Welcome to the Slow Living Collective podcast. I'm Amy, wife, mother of two and homemaker. Come along with me as I share my love for simple living, growing in my allotment garden, diving into what it means to be an urban homesteader and embracing life as a mother and homemaker. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Slow Living Collective podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. So fun fact, I know you guys won't have noticed this, but I actually haven't recorded a podcast in about six weeks. So sitting down at my computer to record an episode is like what am I even doing? I don't even remember how to do anything. It's crazy because I generally batch record things and when I interview guests I record sort of like uh, really intensively and then have a bit of a break. So yeah it all just feels a bit weird to be sitting here again. I sat down, opened my laptop to record today's podcast episode with my guest and yeah I was like oh my god I haven't sat here for ages and I don't know what I'm doing and yeah it was just me trying to get back into the swing of things. So anyway little ramble there from me. Let's jump into today's episode. Today I am interviewing the wonderful Lindsay and we are going to be talking about all things motherhood but not just that. We are going to talk about beyond motherhood and how we can nurture ourselves as parents outside of the day-to-day of motherhood and how we can separate our identity from who we were before we had children who we are now and where we want to go and just looking beyond all of that and so yes I'm really excited for you guys to hear it uh, we had a great chat me and Lindsay have followed each other for absolutely years at this point and you know some of our children are the same age and yeah so without further ado let's just jump into today's episode Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. So before we dive in, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. Um, I'm a newly stay-at-home mom. Uh, Just in the last year, I have three little girls ranging from nine years old to just a few months old. And prior to being a stay-at-home mom, I was working in the professional setting, um, as well as remotely during the pandemic. I've kind of had a lot of different um, ups and downs and, and really, I've just been across the board, all the different opportunities um, when it comes to how to be a mom in the professional setting, as well as be a stay-at-home mom. Um, So lots of different mom roles within the last nine years, uh, but definitely really enjoying this new one as a stay-at-home mom. Excellent. So today we're going to talk about motherhood. And so you just said you're the mother of three children. I am the mother of two. So how have you sort of navigated your journey of sort of rediscovering and also nurturing your identity sort of beyond motherhood yeah that's a really hard topic I mean everybody's got their own story their own journey we're diverse in ourselves and our upbringing um, as well as like what motherhood has has thrown at us you know everything's situational hello pandemic I mean (laughs) talk about all of us learning something different about ourselves and our parenting styles um getting different experiences there so um, for me, I've kind of, I've gone through a lot of ups and downs. I, I started out having one child um, exclusively for her first six years. And I thought, all right, this is, this is my motherhood path. Um, this is how I take care of myself. Um, 
and I had, there was a lot of frivolous involved. I could do all kinds of things and she was getting older. And then now I'm thrown back into that younger, um, younger age children parenting style. And I've got two back to back and that was really startling for me. Um, they're not spaced out and I am constantly taking care of something for them. There is no me time. Um, and so I went really deep into, holy cow, what about me? And how do I approach that? Where do I even start? Because there is not a second of time for anything to do with me. Um, so at first it was kind of just jokey, like my hobby is parenthood. My, my hobby is motherhood, like identity, myself. Are you crazy? Um, but then I started to actually feel the effects of what I was saying. Uh, that was pretty detrimental, um, harmful to myself, you know, in the sense that I'm just willing that into fruition. I'm saying bye to me. I am just a mom. And that's not to devalue motherhood at all. I mean, that does take everything out of you. But if you're not putting back into yourself, if you're not taking care of yourself at any level, uh, you're going to hit a level of exhaustion and you're going to start to feel that even though you're not trying to devalue yourself, you're going to start feeling that it's going to be a reality for you. So I had to detach from the idea as a whole that my identity was even a set thing. I have to realize that um, not only do each of my children perceive me differently, the people around me perceive me differently. I perceive myself differently. Um, I'm a different mother to each of my children. And so just kind of completely detaching that there's a set identity assigned to me. I'm what I need to be, when I need to be it, where I need to be it. And I have to be okay with that fluidity. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to meet myself where I'm at. I'm going to have to meet my children where they're at. And, um, you know, maybe even just the idea of proclaiming things isn't really the space I need to be in right now. Um, so that's a hard thing to do. That really is a hard thing to do um, because we, we want to ground ourselves to something. Um, we want to be able to proclaim something. And that maybe does work for some people. It doesn't work for me in the dynamic that I'm that that I'm in but I really I had to move away from that really hard black and white mindset of things um it's I'm I'm more isolating my needs I guess and identifying what they are at the different levels and then seeing how I can work them in um and you know I I personally haven't hit the hobby or you know some of those what some people would probably consider is frivolous. I haven't really got there yet. I see what my path is to that, but I'm not there yet, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's really interesting because, um, so when I had my first child, she, so I have just a two year age gap between my two. I don't know. Is yours, is yours smaller than that? <laughs> so the middle and the youngest to your age gap. That is a tough one. Holy it, cannoli. It is tough. And it's funny because actually, before I go on and say what I was going to say, my me and my husband, we were like, do you remember when we were like, oh yeah, let's have another baby. A two-year age gap will be perfect. I'm like, now they're two and four. I'm like, this is crazy. But it's That's funny. Exactly. Yeah, it's funny because I came off of maternity leave um, with my first 
in straight into the pandemic. I came off of maternity leave in um, March 2020 and was like, okay, what am I going to do? And then it's like two weeks later, it was like, hi, global pandemic. Um, and so I just sort of decided to kind of slot back into sort of where I'd been sort of pre pre-children in the face of uncertainty you know we like cling to the things that are, are comfortable to us but then when I had my second I knew I didn't want to go back to work you know there had been a very brief period of time between coming off one maternity leave and essentially going on to the other one and I struggled like you were saying like I struggled to locate where I was at and locate who I was and I was you know very determined like no I'm just going to stay home and that's going to be what I'm going to do and then I had to sit really uncomfortably with that for a really really long time and then ultimately I think what I realized was like I actually I do need something more than just motherhood and I love being a mom and I love the kids you know uh you know I always feel like we we I think as parents try and preface everything we say is I love my children and like of course we do of course we love them but it's okay to say that um being a mother alone is not always enough yeah and that I think I really think that that's a challenge that uh, moms who go from um you know working in that professional setting at any capacity to jumping straight into stay-at-home mom you feel that. And I felt that so strong too. It was, you know, for me, my first was about six years old when the pandemic hit and I'm a busybody. And my inclination was take on homeschooling. Um, Cause at the time, you know, she was in public school. I was working, I was traveling a lot. Um, and then, you know, working full-time um, the remote was a new aspect for me. But I found that I was putting in way more than 40 hours a week. You know, the work went home with you because it was at your house. Um, I was putting in up to like 60 hours a week and then I got pregnant and that was a whole new ball game. Trying to balance it all. We were trying to buy a house, you know, all those classic things that people surrounded the pandemic with was happening to us all at once. Um, and I just took it on. It was like, all right, this is the way it is. And you just trudge through. And then. I did hit a break point. Um, I came back from maternity leave um, after my second was born. I, we had a little bit of a rough time with her. Um, you know, she was colic. She wasn't gaining weight. She was very, very fussy. It was tough. But then it was like, well, maternity leave's over. Here we go right back like we were before. We're back to homeschooling. We're going to, you know, work from home, balance the baby all at once. And it was just like, I was climbing, 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 um, instead of really pulling back and, and saying, what is my true capacity? Am I taking care of myself or am I just trying to like save the day, be superwoman? Because that's what everybody expects of moms. Be that superwoman, do it all. Um, don't slip up, uh, cause we're going to find a reason or another to criticize you. Um, you know, I was doing all of that. And then all of a sudden I realized I've gone too far. I was catching myself be really cranky with my children. Um, you know, I'd be at a really stressful point in work, taking on more than I realistically needed to. 
Um, and then I'd want to lash out, you know, they'd be like, Hey mom, I need something. And you're like, just leave me alone. Two seconds. Just don't talk to me. Um, and then I found out I was pregnant with my third and we were already kind of starting to discuss, look, this isn't sustainable for us anymore. Um, because most importantly, you know, my mental health is declining. I'm not taking care of myself. And you feel that physically, you feel that mentally. I mean, it's across the board. And we hadn't really figured out, you know, does that mean I leave my job? Does that mean, um, you know, that I put everything into home? You know, what does that mean for us? We were trying to figure that out when I got pregnant with my third. And at that point, the decision was kind of made for us. It was like, is it really worth working to put my kids in daycare? Because I'm going to have to go back to the office. That's not really something that we are okay with, you know. And that that just really put a full halt on me continuing to be working in the professional realm. Um, that being said, doing a full cutoff, kind of like what you were talking about, just, whoa, it's jarring. Yes, being a stay-at-home mom is like the busiest thing that I've ever done in my life. Three kids, you know, that's a lot. But there's something about it and I couldn't, and I still can't quite figure out what it is where I needed something. And, and maybe it is that self-care aspect, you know, that I need to, something to call mine. Yeah. Um, and I've not fully poured myself into one thing or another. I tinker. Um, for me, tinkering has kind of allowed me to, you know, kind of like what I was saying earlier, it allows me to put more into it when my capacity is there to do that and pull back when I need to be that safe space for my kids, or I realize that my mental health is kind of get going on the fritz or, but at the same time, completely being out of it, having something, just, you don't feel grounded, even though you could be grounded in motherhood. I don't know what that is. Yeah. It's rough. <laughs> yeah. And I, do you know what? I don't, I don't know either, but the same thing, you know, I, I just feel like there's something else and it's like, you know, I, I'm the same, you know, I have this podcast, my blog, you know, I'm always tinkering with something and it's, that gives me enough to be Amy again. And I like the same things, you know, just that it gives me the ability to, you know, when I can, I can sit there and, you know, mess around with something or other. And then there are times when, you know, my life is just absolutely full on in motherhood and there's no external demand then as well. So like today, well, actually the beginning of this week, my children have been very needy. They've needed me all the time. Like, you know, my son was breastfeeding loads at the beginning of the week. And I was like, what's happening? You're like, you're two and you're breastfeeding like a newborn. Like what's happening? And then today they have been playing together all day long. Like they've barely needed me. And I was like, oh, and you know, I was able to like get my laptop out. I did a little bit of stuff for my blog and you know, it just it ebbs and flows I guess and you know self-care is you know it's one of these things that like they they the magic they talk about like are they are you like getting enough self-care and half the time as a mum you're like no not really 
<laughs> what is self-care but um you know it's just not easy when you're a mother and particularly you know when you're a mother of small children you know that their needs are, are really really high so how if you are at all able do you sort of prioritize self-care and personal growth in your own life yeah that's the tough one like <laughs> oh my goodness so i mean oh you you look at social media and boy is that like a dangerous place <laughs> you know there's so much to harvest from it that's good you can do so much learning and at the same time there's a lot of harm that can come from it um sometimes it's hard to separate like that's not my life mm -hmm. that looks a little more aligned with what my life is like um you know there's there's those people out there that can afford to purchase all the help, help that they can get. There's the people that can't afford to do that um, or their comfort levels are different, you know, all of that. And so I started to look at that um, for me because I, I really did. I needed to figure out, you know, how am I taking care of myself? One child me, um, you know, she was six. If I wanted to go get my hair done or get my nails done, or I had a certain level of what I at that time was considering self-care, I could do that. You know, I could just step out and say, you know, play, play with your dad or, you know, do something with yourself while I take care of myself and how I wanted to. Um, but that's not, that's not really possible now. Uh, I've got someone who's attached to the boob all the time, you know, um, I don't want to just step away from that one. And I have another one, a toddler who, you know, she needs some sort of, you know, she's working on self-play and things like that, but it'd be nice to have somebody in the room providing that moral support, um, that emotional connection. There's, there's so much going on, the dynamic. Um, so I started to just kind of pull back and look at what really is self-care. And there are two really polarizing opinions. There's the self-care is going on a a mom's vacation or a whole spa day, you know, those really large, in my opinion, unsustainable yeah. type actions. And then there are the others, which is you should be happy that you got a shower. <laughs> and I don't agree with either of those, honestly. Um, so I started to look at the word sustainability. I know that is a really broad spectrum word. It's thrown out there for everything. But for me, I wanted what I considered to be self-care to be attainable, repeatable, and simple. Um, so I, for me, you know, I've got three kids. I've now... Um, you know, I've made the sacrifice of leaving my working uh, or paid position. So I can't just throw money at everything yeah. um, in any capacity, you know, and I can't just leave my kids constantly so that I can go to the nail appointment and then go to the hair appointment and then get a facial and all the things that make you feel good in that moment. Um, but also, you know, so those, those things aren't easily repeatable. They may not be attainable for everybody and they're not simple. Just going to get, you know, let's just take going to get your nails done. If that's what you're considering self-care, um, you either have to make sure that your spouse is home or that a parent is there, um, like a grandparent, or maybe arranging childcare. And then you've got to think about, okay, I'm paying for those things. I'm paying for the action of going to get that done. I've got to schedule that. Have you seen how far out books go? It might be a month and you're needing that right then and there. 
So um, I started to look at, you know, what made me happy during the day? What are those things that I can build into my day? Well, I like to put lotion on after shower. That's my favorite example to use. It takes me five minutes. And the trickle down feel good effect of that is huge. So I've taken care of myself. Um, it's not the bare minimum necessity. A shower really isn't even always the bare minimum necessity. It's that food, the water, um, a roof over your head sort of thing. But um, you get your shower. So you've, you've got that, you know, what most of us consider a bare minimum done. Now I can put lotion on. I'm feeding into myself. I feel moisturized. My body doesn't feel tense. And so that's letting me let go of that sensory input of I'm tense. Um, I've put something into myself and I feel more confident. Um, for me, appearance is really hard. And so being able to say, okay, my legs look moisturized. I can put on a pair of shorts and go outside on a hot day and play with my kids. Um, you know, we've all got those little things about ourselves. Um, for me, that's one of them. Uh, so it was like, okay, that's something that I can do. It's affordable. It's repeatable. Um, it's really attainable every day for me to do that. Um, and it's also not a prioritization thing. Um, I know that I struggle with priorities. I can lay out my day and I can say I'm prioritizing this, but something else will pop up and end up higher on that priority list. And then I'm deflated. I'm upset because I didn't get to do that thing I prioritized for myself. So I don't even focus on prioritization when it comes to self-care. I, I really go to sustainability. That's the word that I've latched onto. Um, there's a couple pillars in it for me and it's working. Um, I'm taking care of myself better than I have. I'm finding those like micro joys, if you will. And so then when I get those larger pieces, like I do get to go get my nails done or something like that, those have so much more value for me. Yeah. Um, so I, I've really enjoyed that shift in my values where they're at. If it takes forever to go get your nails done or something, you know, if you're considering those larger things, self-care, that gives you a long period of disappointment in between each time. You're like looking to get to that next thing. And that might be a month away versus small little bits of micro joy throughout your day to just keep you pumped up. Um, that's where I'm putting my focus. Yeah, um, I, I feel the same way as you, you know, like the the big things you know same thing you know I've I've given up you know my career to be home and so you know when you're living on one income and you know you have to prioritize different things and um you know I'm I I like having my nails done occasionally but like I'm a I'm a bare nails kind of girl <laughs> and so like as much as when I have them done I'm like oh look at me I'm so fancy but you know the rest of the time I'm like nah they'll just chip because I'm doing this that and the other and so you know it is the, it, it's like those like you say those big things they can be a lot more unattainable um and it's just finding those those like little tiny moments of joy and it just reminded me of like today I one of the things I really love to do is just potter around in my kitchen right I really just love to I don't say tidy up because I'm not like somebody who's like I love cleaning right it's just the part of the day um but I was just like tidying up. Like I said, the kids were playing like really well together today. And 
I was just, I just put like some old school Backstreet Boys on and I was like dancing and loading the dishwasher, living my absolute best life. And I loved it. And yeah, it's just like those little teeny tiny moments like our kitchen, we like, our home is like semi open plan. So there is like a half of a dividing wall, like it's full height, but it comes across only three quarters of the room. So you can like peer around the corner, um, but you can also hide around the corner and eat the snacks that the kids can't eat as well. <laughs> it's really, really quite, quite well designed. And so, you know, I was just around there and I felt like I was sort of like semi by myself. Um, you know, I could check in on the kids. They were pulling all the cushions off the sofa and, <laughs> you know, just having a great time. And it it was just like it is it's just those really small little moments that you can find and yeah today like I made jam and like sounds sound very homemakery. I went I went raspberry picking yesterday <laughs> and so yeah I was just making jam and I was just in my own world and like you know sometimes I think you know like motherhood parenthood in general it can be very overstimulating you know there's a lot of people demanding a lot of you a lot of the time and especially you know like breastfeeding like when somebody is on you all the time you're like oh goodness the next person that touches me please do just leave me alone and you know I still I still get it now and I, you know we're two years in and you know he's been he has been feeding a lot recently and so I have been noticing it more recently that I'm getting overstimulated from it but I remember it like it was yesterday like two years ago thinking like okay please somebody take this child so I can just have two seconds to like wash myself <laughs> yes totally I love I love what you said about the music because um I mean you got to have that moment you brought yourself back to you know youth like that's so important so healthy you feel I mean that in itself the music is a joy that getting brought back to youth for some people that's like a major joy so you got like so much little micro joys in there but the other thing about it is that's something that you can, those self-care moments you can have with your kids too. Yeah. You know, you've got the divider thing. They could be over there dancing, having a blast. You guys are connecting, but you're still getting that, you know, moment to yourself around the corner, Criti you know, critical things. You can accomplish things while the music is playing. Like you were just ticking so many of the boxes there with that one. Yeah. And I think that value, you know, if, if people can get to that value, and that simplicity that will really help, you know, mental health. And it's a mess right now. I mean, so many things have happened to the world that it's really hard. But I mean, I love you mentioned raspberry picking. That's a huge, um, berry picking was huge for us when we were little. And it was something we did with our mom. And I know she enjoyed it too. I hope that, you know, maybe we weren't too crazy for her. <laughs> I hope she was enjoying it and getting some self-care out of it. But I mean, yeah, there's, you hit on so many things there. It was just like, oh, and that I find joy in that too. I love to crank on the tunes um, that were from when I was little and see my kids get excited about them. We can have a dance party. We're getting so many things out of our system, connecting. But at the same time, there is a level of I'm taking care of things for myself when that's happening. Um, and the touched out thing, oh, my goodness. <laughs> constantly I've got someone clinging on me someone nursing the other you know the oldest is like 
noticing that maybe she's getting less physical attention. So she might be hanging on me from the backside, like trying to love on all of us and be included in that. Yeah. You get touched out real quick. And so self-care might not be getting your nails done or a massage because you don't want to be touched anymore. That stimuli has been hit exacerbated you are done <laughs> yeah sometimes actually like if I feel touched out I'll say to my husband like right I'm just gonna go upstairs and I will just lay in my bed by myself and I'm like oh this is beautiful <laughs> this is the best thing no one is touching me no one is kicking me no one's even here I can't hear a word beautiful <sighs> and yeah, it's just you know I think in motherhood you know a lot of the time you know, things happen and like, you know, we all like will snap or we're cranky and it's like, it's just overstimulation. There is a lot going on all the time. And, you know, I think we can sometimes, you know, give ourselves some grace that you know, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Small people are a lot. And, you know, we have to give a lot to, you know, when you're around them, you have to give them a lot. And so, you know, sometimes it's, you know, it's just overstimulating touched out everything is and you know sometimes I just want to go I've got like this very tiny very very tiny utility room off of my kitchen and uh it's basically a, a cupboard that somebody renovated many years ago and sometimes I just go and stand in there and I'm like ah. <laughs> it's where I eat all the good snacks too it's my hideout oh yeah it is my hideout <laughs> <laughs> the closet I'll go in I'll lock the door and I climb to the top grab my secret stash out of there um which recently was found so that is not the secret <laughs> stash location anymore but yeah I mean you, you have to get really creative with that stuff um for sure <laughs> but I mean it's it's so simple like you're going going into the utility closet I mean uh just reframing that mindset that you know, you can find those micro joys and you can get that. That was huge for me. And it, it feels good to hear that someone else is finding those too, because when I first started approaching it that way, I felt crazy. And I felt like, you know, there, there was those times when people would look at me or like, are you devaluing yourself? No, I'm not devaluing myself. I'm finding what those joys are. I'm really stripping it down. And, you know, from there I can grow if I know what my true joys are, or where I truly find value, when I go to step it up and do some of those bigger things or reward myself with, you know, if it's a spa day for somebody, then you can really hone in on, on where you're finding those joys. You're not just keeping up with the Joneses or um, just like, oh, this is what we do for self-care. This is self-care. No, it, it needs to be what works for you. Everybody is individualistic. Um, but we don't always know the true, like, this is what is bringing me joy. Um, I know stained glass is not my thing. Um, but if I'm, if I think I'm artistic, and then I go all in on stained glass, and then I find out that is not, not bringing me joy, that is not self care. That's, oh, that's a, I've gone really deep into that. So, you know, if I know what it is I like about something, because I've stripped it down, then as I have the capacity to do something bigger, then I can really kind of take it in the direction and be more fruitful with it and make sure that those things don't turn into chores and um, like burden 
both of us, we've, as we've discussed, you know, we're full-time stay-at-home mums. Um, and like I said, it's not been the easiest transition. You know, you said the same as well. And it's nice to have like little extra things to do. Like I said, this podcast actually is something that I just sort of found almost by accident. I was like, I think I'm going to do a podcast and then came upstairs, said to my husband, I'm going to go upstairs and, and I don't know, do anything. And then suddenly decided I was like I've recorded three podcast episodes so that's how that came about and so just having those little things is just yeah it just feels important so how do you think nurturing ourselves and like creating our identity beyond just being a mother really impacts our overall well-being and sort of therefore our ability to show up as the best version of ourselves so I have kind of maybe not a common thought on this. Um, maybe it's common and it's not fully realized by everyone. I don't know. I don't want to be like high on my horse or anything there, but um, there's this constant feed into mothers that what we do is not valuable. Mm-hmm. Motherhood is the work is not valuable. And so I think that a lot of us internally feel like what we're doing is not valuable and that we have to have something else to feel valuable. And so we're measuring our worth by doing these other things. I I wish it wasn't like that. I know that I feel that sometimes having, especially gone from being in the professional workforce to stay at home. I went through this phase of, I'm not contributing financially. Um, I should be thankful to my husband. Um, I shouldn't go spending money frivolously because I didn't earn that money. Mm-hmm. I am equally, if not more so, a part of this though. Yeah. We're not spending thousands of dollars on childcare. I'm nursing, so we don't have the expense of um formula. I'm staying home doing all of these things that we would pay someone to do. You would pay someone to cook your meals, you would pay someone to clean your house. Yeah. You would pay someone to keep track of the mental load and shuttle your kids around and school them and all of these things. So my value is worth so much, but maybe because I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not conditioned that way. That's not my first inclination. Maybe I don't feel valuable unless I go find something else outside of motherhood for myself. That's what I, what I think sometimes. Um, I feel like that really affects people's mental health, you know, and how they feel about themselves. I'm just a stay at home mom, just a mom. Mm -hmm. Um, You see that as I, my Instagram handle is I'm just the mom. It's an internal joke we have in our family. Uh, World's not going to go around without my mom in my family. Um, And so sometimes she would say things and be like, oh, you know, you're just the mom, you know, as a joke, because that's how, that's how people feel. That's how moms feel all the time. You have a baby. Everyone wants to see the baby. Nobody's checking in to see how mom's doing, Um, you know, those sorts of things. So I think about it as value. I think that as a society, the value maybe is lacking or is lacking. We know it's lacking. And because of that, sometimes I feel like we feel we have to have something else besides motherhood. Um, And I'm not saying that we don't. I'm not discrediting that at all Um, because yeah, there are things I want to do things for myself outside of motherhood, of course. Um, But I also don't want it to be because, because the value isn't there in motherhood, you know? Um, 
hopefully I'm making sense with that, but that's, that's where my head goes first is. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I would say that, you know, like it, it's, it takes me some time as well, like to really grasp, not grasp it. Like I think, like you say, I think we're conditioned that, you know, our work isn't valuable and that is something that comes from society in general. I mean, even like, you know, here in the UK recently, you know, they've, the government have been saying like, oh, we're going to help with more childcare. So more mums can get back to work after they have children. So offer some sort of free childcare, not really free, but, you know, more childcare options for like free hours of childcare. Um, so we can get everybody back to work. And it's like, they have referred to mothers as economically inactive. And it's like, do you know what? I am the most economically active person in my home. You know, my husband might be the one who physically brings in the money because that's the setup we have chosen. But, you know, without me, most of the, you know, the the nappies wouldn't arrive or the food wouldn't get get done like I'm not saying my husband couldn't do it he absolutely could before he you know before we got married he lived by himself for many years but that's just the way it goes within our home I'm happy to take on those things he equally mostly does the cooking in our home and so you know it's mothers are always put sort of like in a little box that what we're doing is just not valuable and that to be valuable we have to return to work and bring in money work for somebody else put our kids in childcare, and you know the work we do is really valuable really really valuable at whether we are stay-at-home mums whether we are working mums we're always mums right my husband doesn't get called I work from home dad <laughs> he just gets called Ray right <laughs> nobody ever asks him you know like um you know anything about really about the children and about their care also men get away with like the bare minimum right <laughs> that was a conversation I I've recently had with my mom I've recently had with my husband it's like are you taking on the mental load that that I have, let me let me run through my list in my head right now. You know, um, I've got to figure out what size clothes we're moving into when we're going to move yes. into them. And I've got to sort out the other ones. And I've got to think about all the seasons, make sure we've got a jacket for this, a jacket for that. You know, you just run down this full list. Um, you know, sometimes women get this, this bad rap for they spend all the money. Well, we're spending the money for our our kids to have clothes, the, you know, the diapers, the food, we're spending the money to make the house go round. Uh A lot of it, we're not spending on ourselves. It just looks like we're spending a lot of money, but I don't see anybody else going through keeping track of that mental list and making it happen. Um, You know, it's in in the U.S., women, they did a a cost analysis for breastfeeding moms that are staying at home. And um, I think we're priceless. They did put a price to it and they said it's around $300,000 per year. Wow. That's a lot of, yeah, because we're, we're on the clock 24 seven. We're giving our bodies, uh-huh. um, you know, literally uh, our bodies are never the same each time that we've had a baby and we, 
are just constantly when we're asleep, we're in motion. We're doing, you know, we're doing all the things. Uh, my husband can just go to sleep. Yeah. That's nice. He can get up in the morning and yeah, my husband works so hard. He can, he works sometimes over 12 hours a day out in the heat. And I value that. And I do not lessen his value. He gets up, he puts on what he needs for the day and takes care of himself for the day. And he's out the door before we're even up and at him. And that whole day, all he has to do is take care of himself, take care of himself comes home it's the end of the day he helps get the kids around for bed the kids are off to bed and he's back to all he has to do is take care of himself that's where his mental load is that it when I wake up in the morning I am already thinking and taking care of somebody else I I've not but a couple times in the last few years been able to like take care of just myself I had a work trip when I was still in the professional world um working out of the home it was the weirdest thing. I woke up and I took care of myself, but my head wasn't there. I'm still, I, you know, there's a level of guilt and all these things where I'm like, I gotta call the kids. Um, I need to tell the kids good morning, good night. I need to tell them what I'm up to for the day because I'm still the mom and I don't want them to think I abandoned them. You know, like yeah. it doesn't go away. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's funny you mentioned about mental load because uh, me and my husband were talking about it recently. So we went away for a week and you know, in the week leading up to going away, I, uh, you know, the notes app on my phone was filled with to-do lists. This is the list of clothes that everybody needs. I need to make sure that everybody's got clothes in case it's hot, in case it's cold, in case it rains. I need to make sure I've got like welly boots for them in case they want to go puddle jumping if it rains. You know, I everything, everything we could possibly need. And like, you know, okay, lucky I breastfeed because I just need to take my boobs with me. But, you know, I remember when we went away with my daughter, you know, it was like bottles and formula and the machine that makes the milk for us and just sterilizing everything, you know. And so me and my husband were joking, uh, like, you know, he, same as yours, you know, he works so hard for us and you know, I would never devalue the work that he does. But when it comes to holiday, he just packs his clothes into the case that I've left. I've left a space for you. That's for you. Please do it before I have to close the case up. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm sorting out myself. I'm sorting out two children, all eventualities for everything. Make sure that there's enough toys for them to play with while we're gone. They've got stuff to do in the car and I like me and my mum were talking about this as well like men they just they just show up we have such a mental load like my brain is going all of the time I'm thinking like tomorrow I'm taking the kids out what do I need to do like is the bag packed and yeah it's just it's just constant and our brains I think are just always worrying I agree and then you get hit with that simple question like what do you want for dinner and it's this huge joke everyone makes fun of (laughs) asking a woman what she wants or a mom particularly what she wants for dinner I don't know no I don't want that when they offer something <laughs> well that's that mental load yeah that's that's hitting that pinnacle that that breaking point I am doing so many vital things keeping the ship afloat and then you're going to pester me about what's for dinner <laughs> whether it's what are we going to go get or what are you going to cook sorry, I forgot to set out the meat. Like that's was the last thing on my mind. I cannot think about dinner till we get to dinner because I'm keeping everybody alive. <laughs> you know, like I, sometimes I see those jokes and yeah, sometimes I laugh with them, but sometimes I'm like, you know, 
I know what the background of behind that is. I know what that feels like. Yeah. I don't have the mental capacity to process always. And until you, you feed spoon feed some of that to me, can I say, no, that does not sound good. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that's just like a simple example, but there's so much behind that and it's constant all day long. Um, and yeah, you know, my, my husband does work hard. He goes to work. He also doesn't have someone at his offer. He doesn't work in the office, but you know, whether it's the office or whether you're working outside, you don't have someone on your shoulder tapping going, Hey, Hey, how are you? Hey, um, can you give me that glass of water that I can grab myself? <laughs> I just want you to do it. Cause I know it tastes better if you do it. You know, they don't have that person constantly just wearing you down. Um, and mental work, which motherhood is mental and physical, but mental work is extremely physically exhausting too. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, your whole body, cause you tense up, your muscles are reacting. Everything is reacting to that mental, mental load. He, he comes home. I'm tired too. And I do not feel bad when I say I'm off duty. You're on because yeah. I know that, yeah, he worked super hard physically and yeah, he used his brain too. I'm not saying he doesn't use his brain, but I know that I work just as hard and I wish everybody could, could reach that point because I know there are so many moms out there that they've succumbed to their work isn't valuable. They've just let that take over and they, they're living in that. And I wish that, I wish that they weren't. Um, I wish that we could all like find all those moms and pump them up and be like, you're worth more than $300,000. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we, I guess we've kind of touched on, you know, like what the societal expectations of women are. Um, and I think a lot of this does just come from, you know, society and the way, you know, just the, the way it's always been, you know, we just, women haven't been valued and, and men seem to, get off with like the bare minimum you know like when people will say like oh is he is he babysitting and you're like no he's parenting his child <laughs> and he's just as capable as me um but you know what advice would you give to mothers who are sort of struggling with that guilt maybe or maybe they're feeling judgment when they sort of spend any time focusing on themselves that's a hard one the easy answer is to say, ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> know that you're worth more. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy. It's easy, easier said than done, you know? Um, but it's not easy. It, you're going to feel that guilt. You're going to feel that judgment. It's not going to just magically go away. And so I, you know, I'm not perfect. I have my moments. I had a mental breakdown just the other day and it was just all the things, you know, but uh, I step back and I go, okay, my children, they, they deserve my best. And they're not at the level I'm at. They don't know why mommy is, you know, losing her mind or feeling devalued or storming around. Like I just cleaned this house and you guys don't care. You threw <laughs> stuff everywhere. You know, they don't understand any of that. So they deserve my best. I can't always give them my best. They also deserve the truth. You know, they deserve to understand that mommy's trying her hardest, but Sometimes mommy's not always a hundred percent there or I'm upset and I'm having feelings and that's normal. I don't, I don't want to sugarcoat it for them. 
And so I just feel like it's okay to feel the guilt. It's okay to, to look at that judgment, take it on head on, say something back on it, um, express what you're feeling. The most important thing that I can do is show my kids realistically what's going on, be real with them, feel my feelings, express them, do my best for them. Because if I bottle it up or I let that stuff take me over, like will it into for, you know, will it into fruition? Like, yes, I'm worthless, you know, those sorts of things. Um, they're going to see that and they're going to think that's what reality is. I'm raising three girls. Yeah. I have to show them, you know, they will potentially be mothers someday. They will potentially be in my shoes someday. So I have to show them the truth of it, I guess. I, I feel like everything I just said was like up and down and all over the place. There's my mom brain for you. But <laughs> I mean, I have to set that example. Yeah. And I have all the feelings. I have anger. I have anxiety. I have self-doubts. You know, I not always good value about what I'm doing to myself. Um, I don't always feel confident in what I'm doing. I think the, you know, popular term right now is imposter syndrome, but they need to see all of that and also know that at the same time, I'm trying my very best and they are my number one priority. And I think as long as you keep that your kids are their, your number one priority, you know that at the root of all things, you're doing your best. None of that other stuff matters. That is so superficial. The yeah. guilt that you're feeling, that's natural. And it's going to be there and there's no way to will it away. Um, embrace it, understand why you have it, but then understand that whatever you're doing that's causing you to feel that guilt, you're taking care of something else. Yeah. If you feel guilty because you're taking that five minutes to put that lotion on, Think about the trickle down. You're taking care of so many things that are going to happen further down in the day, like the tension that your skin feels that makes you feel more tense or the fact that you want to feel confident enough to wear shorts, but your skin's really dry. And if you don't put on that lotion, you can't put on the shorts and then you're wearing pants and it's really hot outside. And so then you don't want to take your kids outside to play. Like you're taking care of things. Yeah. So um, that just goes right back to like how I think about things where I'm trying to strip it down to the root, the most basic, like, why am I doing this? This is simple, but it has a huge impact. It does bring me joy. It might be a micro joy, but it has a really big impact and it connects. Now I can go outside on a hot, hot day in shorts and feel okay playing with my kids. So there, I felt guilty about taking those five minutes, but guess what I did? Took my kids outside to play. Connect those dots for yourself. Um, you've got a reason that you're doing it and it may not be apparent at that moment. Um, the guilt's going to be there, but you've probably got a good reason for whatever you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like so often we just feel lost in motherhood, sometimes early in motherhood, you know, the, the newborn days, let's not sugarcoat it. They are rough having a newborn is rough and um you know you've obviously got one more child than me like but you know my first child was like you know like it's a baptism of fire when you have a child but actually it was a real baptism of fire when you go from like one to two <laughs> one to two I don't know what two to three is like but but one to two I felt like I and I always say this to my mum I'm like 
because I'm an only child, so she has no frame of reference. Um, one child is like one child. Two children is like I've got 500 children. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it is a lot. There's a lot of needs going on. There's a lot of different people wanting different things. They're different ages. And, you know, it is easy for us to put ourselves on the back burner. And it's easy for us to, you know, not not give ourselves what we need. And I find, and you touched on it as well, like when you know, when you don't have those small things that bring you some joy, that take care of yourself, even you know, putting lotion on, taking five minutes to lay completely flat on your bed by yourself, those little th- or dancing to the backstreet boys while loading the dishwasher, whatever it might be, I think if I personally don't take those moments like you say it it trickles down in a different way because I'm more stressed and I'm more anxious and fraught and I'm more likely to snap and then you know it's not it's not their fault they're just kids and they're just being kids and they don't understand all of that um but I think you know like we've mentioned society expects a lot from us with absolutely no rewards and I don't mean like financial reward or anything but it also at the same time tells us that our work isn't valuable so it expects us to do it but it's not valuable and what you should really be doing is is going back to work (laughs) and if you're already at work then you know I you just can't win whatever you do whatever we do we cannot win um you know because just the the general narratives are like well if you're at home full-time with your kids like why are you not working and if you're working it's like well why are you not at home with your kids (laughs) so what do you want from me I don't know what you want and and women are pulled that way all the time we 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 cannot do we cannot do it right for in, in terms of society because society doesn't really know what it wants from us um but I think, you know, all that we can really do is just do what works for our own individual families. Um, But do you have any tips for people who want to maybe start nurturing themselves a bit more? Maybe they've realised that I don't do anything for myself and I would really like to. Do you have any tips for how to start that, that process of nurturing yourself outside of motherhood? Yeah, that's a that's a hard one because everybody is so diverse. So I look at capacity, kind of look at your capacity. Um, I know this, this in itself takes time to do, but um, what are those things that you have to do? Those vitals to keep the ship afloat, you know, for, for me right now, it is getting my kids fed every day, um, you know, taking care of their immediate needs. Okay. So those are the things that cannot be avoided. We kind of know when those have to happen. Um, And so then I look at my capacity from there. What can I facilitate? What can I not? Um, Because if you you go full force into self-care, but the immediate needs, those critical things that you have to do for motherhood are also very high, and then you try to do a lot of self-care all at once, you're going to one hit some extreme burnout. You're going to have resentment towards those self-care things that you're trying to introduce. And then you're going to also increase your resentment for those motherhood tasks. Like, dang it, I have to feed the kids. 
so I can't go get my nails done, you know, and that's not appropriate, right? You have to feed the kids. So you don't want to increase resentment in either of those things. You don't want to cause burnout for either of those things. Um, that's a recipe for a disaster. So I always think for myself, I have to start with my capacity. What can I take on? Um, and that's mental capacity as well as physical capacity. You've got X amount of hours in a day. Um, everybody's day is different, whether it's 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. or, you know, whatever. You've only got so much time. So that's the first where I go first when I'm trying to figure out, you know, what I want to do for myself, how I'm going to include self-care. And then from there, kind of like I said, I strip it way down. I look at, okay, bare minimum essentials for myself. Got to get a shower. My day is not going to start unless I get that shower. Um, and okay, I need to feed myself. And, you know, moms, a lot of times, you know, I find myself not eating until like 2 p.m., sometimes dinner time. Yeah. How am I going to be at my prime if I'm not feeling myself appropriately? Um, so you kind of work in, make sure all those essentials are being hit. And then you hit the next small thing, which for me was putting on lotion after the shower instead of jumping out, getting dressed and, you know, like full force into the next thing that needs to be done. It was take that five minutes, put on that lotion, trickle down to that's important. So I just, I very slowly ramp up that way I can really create a habit out of those really important small ones. I know that those are going to get done. I don't have to fight those, you know, prioritization. I don't need to fight it. Um, I can, I can slowly get a grasp on those and then I can introduce some of the big ones or periodically do the big ones. Um, but everything in my life is around capacity. And when I look at what my daily, weekly, monthly capacity is, then I, and I look at the criticals and the non-criticals. I don't know, you know, that's probably a personality thing for me, type A type personality thing. Um, but it allows me to not, you know, say, all right, every day I'm going to fix my hair, put on makeup, make sure my outfit is flawless, you know, things that maybe aren't realistic for me every day. That's easy for me to get downtrodden, like feel bad about myself. Ah, I, I look like I just rolled out of bed. Well, no, I don't, but I feel like that because I've set the standard that's unrealistic. Um, not to mention that I don't have time to do that every day. Lindsay, it's been so wonderful to have you on the podcast and share with us all your views on motherhood and how we can, you know, just start taking our taking care of ourselves in just really sort of small, minute ways and just build from there. So where can the listeners connect with you online? Well, back to that capacity thing. I'm really inconsistent. <laughs> um, so I, I am, um, frequently on Instagram, um, at I am just the mom. Um, don't take that name offensively. That is a joke because <laughs> I'm not just the mom. Um, even though it feels like it sometimes, but, uh, you find me there frequently. I tend to live in my stories because that's my quickest way. Um, but like I said, I'm inconsistent. I do have a blog. Um, but I really struggle to get it down on paper. Um, I'm flying by the seat of my pants, like, like most moms. So, um, Instagram's probably the best place to catch me and just know that you're not going to, to get a consistent level of content out of me <laughs> and it's going to be all over the place. It's, it's going to be what I'm feeling at that moment. So uh, that's the best, the best part about Instagram and 
I'm, you know, I'm the same, like, I'm not anywhere else. Like, um, well, I've got my blog. I've obviously got podcasts, but social media, it's just Instagram. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Thank you for being at the first podcast that I've ever gotten <laughs> to be on. It's been really relaxing, exciting. Um, I just, I love chatting with you, you know, I, like we do day to day. So this has been really fun to like actually have a conversation with you across the pond, yeah. um, but still face to face. So <laughs> it's been great. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That was just a wonderful discussion with Lindsay. I really, really enjoy talking about with other parents, you know, where where we were, where we started, maybe pre pre parenthood, and then where we have ended up. Because often it's so far different from what we imagined, and I think that just comes with the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of parenting really but it was really interesting to hear from another parent you know that feeling that sometimes and it's completely okay that sometimes parenting and parenthood motherhood sometimes we want just a little more than that and that's okay and it's nothing to feel guilty about and whether that comes in the form of hobbies or self-care or working outside the home, or working inside the home, or whatever that looks like, it's normal to have those feelings, and um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, over time, I have definitely sort of realised that I thrive better as a mother when I have that time and space to be myself and to do things that I love. Um, and those things, like I mentioned in the episode, those things largely revolve around the way I live my life with slow and seasonal living, but also the things that I get to do, this podcast, my blog, things like that. They're all things that bring me so much joy. And, you know, Lindsay and I are in very different places when it comes to the ages of our children. She has still has very small children. I mean, I would say my children are still very small, but, you know, she has still has a baby as well. And that's remarkably different um you know my children are two and four now and I do feel that as the time has gone on I'm getting to a point now where I'm having that just that little bit more free time and yeah I'm rambling but just to say that this podcast is an amazing outlet for me I love doing it I love connecting with other people interviewing some amazing guests I'm so lucky that I get to have these conversations and yeah it just brings me so much joy and it's just that something for myself outside of motherhood that I really enjoy and just really helps me thrive so thank you again for listening to today's episode I am over on Instagram you can follow me there as usual my username there is at lifeonplot44 you can also check out the blog at slowlivingcollective.com and I don't think I'm anywhere else Lindsay and I were talking about threads but I think you can find that from Instagram and who knows by the time this episode goes live maybe threads only it won't even be a thing anymore eh? who knows but if it is in the future when you listen to this episode you can come find me there as well thank you again so much for listening and i will catch you all in my next episode <laughs>